I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to an all-new Better Podcasting live chat. I am the Canadian Stephen John Drew, and with me, of course, is the American Stargate Pioneer. Hey, SP! Normally, I'd be ecstatic about you calling out my country, but I can only guess why you're poking fun at me tonight. It's November 3rd, 2020, and that's someday that something happened in, in the States. I don't know. I'm Canadian. I don't follow all of that, but we are here on Better Podcasting to talk about podcasting in a sort of mostly unedited form. Sometimes we go and we record the first 15 minutes of the episode, realize we weren't recording, and decide to start all over. And sometimes we'll go and we'll we'll do that. We'll lob that off right there and we'll start the show all over. And other times we'll just go and we'll stitch it together and post if that was to happen because we've always got a backup going and we can always salvage the show in some form most of the time. But you don't know this if you don't attend live because we do stream this show and the Better Podcasting main show on Tuesdays usually at 5 p.m. Pacific. That's 8 p.m. Eastern at geeks.live. If you want to check us out when we record live, we'd love to have you over there. Chat with us in the chat room. Uh, Yeah, full disclosure, it's probably not going to have a lot of interaction with the chat room tonight because it is election day in in America right now. And there's probably a lot of people focusing on that rather than here. But we got a bunch of fun topics, including Johnny Pennington is in the chat room today. So who knows what wacky podcast endeavors he'll tell us about there that we can relay to you. Johnny Pennington is full of wacky podcast endeavors. I know. I'm, I'm looking forward to learning how many downloads he got in the first 30 days of his episode one. For sure. All right, let's start off with some gear talk. We love the gear talk here. And Stargate Pioneer, I know you wanted to quickly talk about some of the new podcast gear that came out in 2020. And I'm curious why you want to talk about this. Well, I wanted to mention the fact that we have seen the most podcast gear be released in 2020, I think since podcasting started. This is gear that was specifically made for podcasters. I guess you could say streamers, but largely podcasters in mind. Usually there's some sort of pod or podcast associated with either the title or the marketing. And just in the past last couple of weeks, I think since we recorded last, the sure MV7 microphone was released. And this is a version, not the sure SM7B, but a version of the SM7B that it was designed to be able to use via USB and XLR. I actually don't know if you can use both at the same time, but it does have both capabilities, which is something that we have been promoting with the Samsung Q2U, the ATR2100 and the AT2005 for years. So that is good. We talked last episode about our PodTrack P4s and our Zoom ZDM1s. So those are both from Zoom. Zoom also came out this year and released the PodTrack P8. Earlier this year in January, I know a lot of people use small audio interfaces, so Audient Evo 4 was released in January. 
If you want to wind the clock slightly back further, I think in November 2019, sometime in late 2019, the Moto M2 was released, which is another two-channel audio interface, but we won't count that for 2020. And then I would argue that this is not podcasting gear, but since there's a podcasting mode on it, I will mention it, the Zoom H8. So all of this gear has been released in 2020. This is a banner year for podcast gear. And I know we talked last year uh, to some gear companies about some great things that could be coming in the next year or two. This is some of the stuff that we have released and uh, some of the other companies still have to release products like Mackie. Uh, we talked to them. I know we talked to the guys over at Focusrite last year as well. And, and they, they kind of have gear that's that's already positioned for streamers and podcasters but all this new gear is great i'm looking forward to what is coming forward next year probably won't be as much gear but we're going to see more and more gear come out either for podcasters or streamers and it's going to be at higher qualities than we've ever seen before and it's just rocking so maybe we'll get a roadcaster pro version two next year i'm not going to buy the roadcaster pro as is maybe the, maybe the version two though. i'm telling you they screwed up they should have called it the roadcaster and then they could have come out next year with the roadcaster pro they just screwed that completely up um i actually have been thinking a lot since our last episode there where we talked a bit about um the year in review and things like that and just thinking a little bit about how the gear production probably was impacted by 2020. And then last night I was watching a live stream from a company called Hubitat. Hubitat makes a smart home hub. They're the hub that I use. And uh, they're a fairly small company, but are they do a lot of products. So they were pretty transparent. Like you got, almost got a little bit of inside dirt on how things have been affected by 2020 with production. And they they were talking quite a bit about the slowdown that occurred in getting their next version of their hub out just because of the fact that things going overseas was a nightmare compared to what they had forecast. They just, it was more expensive. It was more, way more delayed. And as such, it caused a delay in the creation of their product. And it made me sort of wonder how much did we see, um, how much of what we thought was going to come out in 2020 was just held up by companies going, no, it's just not feasible to create it. It's too expensive now, or we need to change the product or we'll lose our shirt on it. Well, the Samsung Q9U is a good example of something that we expected to come out long before now in 2020. And who knows, it's not the end of 2020 yet. It might come out before the end of the year, but that's an example of something that hasn't hit the shelves yet. Uh, I think though, that you have a bunch of guys from these gear companies that they weren't completely laid off. They're at home. They're seeing all of these, this telework that still occurs, maybe not as much as it did in the April to June timeframe in 2020, but telework and social distance learning, distance learning has become more and more of the norm. So I'm thinking there is going to be more of an acceptance for home streaming gear or home recording gear than there was before. So I think we're going to see some innovation come out because of that, that normally wouldn't have. Now, I have no idea if this gear is going to come out in 2021, 2022, or if it will ever hit the 
shelves, but I think some of it will, and it will, some of it will be revolutionary and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Uh, I also know that you, while we're talking about gear, you wanted to mention that you had a piece of gear on order and I'm curious about where you're going to take this discussion and it's all about your Palm Pilot you're going to order, right? You know, I do have an older Palm Pilot. I should bring it to the show at some point. It's been a long time since it's turned out. I don't even know if it would work, even if plugged in. But no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that in just a couple of days, so it's November, it's Tuesday, If in case you didn't catch that at the beginning of the show, it's Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. In just a few short days, the Apple Store will open for pre-orders for a couple of their newer phones. They already open for the iPhone 12 and the iPhone 12 Pro on Friday, November 6th. They will open up for the iPhone 12 Pro Max and the iPhone, I think it's just mini. I don't think it's Pro Mini, right? I think it's just the iPhone 12 mini. So those go out for pre-order on Friday. I will be pre-ordering an iPhone 12 Pro Max, and uh, that will replace my iPhone 8 Plus. I don't see too much revolutionary, especially with podcasting with this. I... Non-podcasting wise, I'm looking forward to the low light capability of the camera, which might do some interesting things for maybe some YouTube videos we do on Gonna Geek Gear or whatever. But as far as podcasting, it'll just be the way I connect and stuff. I doubt I'll ever be podcasting through the phone, but I say that now, who knows, three years from now, I might be doing it. You are missing the mark here, Stargate Pioneer. I want you I to take, do. take all of your production equipment, cameras, lights video equipment that you've got throw it out because apple has been making a hard campaign on how the iphone is just all you need for for film level production they've been selling that hard not only at the release event but afterwards they've had a marketing campaign so get rid of it all let's be all you need is your wonderful iphone uh, I feel like you're taking a stab at me and you have no idea why, because right before the show, I was looking at my box of gear that I haven't delved into from this year yet, and it does include a ring light and then two stu new studio LED lights that I have purchased. They're, they're just cheap ones. They're not like professional level ones, but they're ones that I was going to use either in the podcast studio or in my YouTube videos for gear. And you're just telling me to throw them out and I haven't even used them yet. I, I, I'm, yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. But two, yes, the Apple marketing on the pro level phone seemed to be exclusively towards the professional video producer or <laughs> film producer. And okay, whatever. I just want the bigger screen. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to all your professional videos. Uh, while we're talking about that gear, will never happen, never <laughs> in the chat, uh, Johnny Pennington was, uh, bringing up some gear talk. Uh, he was saying the new sure will record in USB in 16 slash 44, one and 24 slash 48 also to infinity and beyond in XLR mode. Uh, Liberty dude said in a world where the blue Yeti is a go-to for many question mark. Uh, Damien said, I think the P line is immediately replacing the H line for podcasters. I think that that's. That's a fair assessment. I think that they've really realized that, hey, a lot of podcasters uh, have found ways to use our H-Line. Let's go ahead and give them their own thing. 
and create a little bit of a divide. And truthfully, like, I think that my video on the L8 or the L12 is a great example on how Zoom needed to create that division because while the L line is not the P nor the H, uh, there's a lot of really good comments we've got on that video about the different camps. One, one like the podcaster camp is of one opinion being like, well, this makes sense or this doesn't make sense. And then it's the complete opposite for the musician and the musician's like, no, it's the way it's always worked in music. Like it makes total sense. So, you know, it's funny. Some of the con contra contrasting opinions that are on there about certain features. And I think it's a great example on while there is a lot of overlap, there are some very big differences between like podcast and broadcast use and musician use yeah what was one of the big things i believe i don't know if i'm saying the correct capability but i want to say overdub where yeah. you can over record onto an existing track yeah overdub that, was a big thing that like podcasters like myself didn't care at all about that would ruin it actually and then musicians were all about it. even simple things like the way that things are set to record on the uh like you push the record button first and then you hit the play button. Musicians are like, yeah, it's the way it's always been. And a lot of podcasters are like, well, that's stupid. That's two steps. Why would you do that? So I just thought right. that was worth a, uh, a mention. Thanks, chat, for bringing that up. Uh, while we're sort of dabbling in the podcast slash non-podcast territory, I want to mention a couple things that uh, have come up in recent that I've discovered. Number one, it just discovered this last night. Uh, our co-host over on the Gunna Geek show, Chris Farrell, he decided while we were uh, setting up for the show, he was going to read the release notes for OBS Ninja. That's the platform that we talked about a while ago that we've been using to connect for our video lately to create the show. OBS Ninja, he decided to release uh, read the latest release notes. And it mentioned that there was caption.ninja, which is a free closed captioning service. It's live captions. So if you go to caption.ninja, you select what input you want, and then all of a sudden, it will start making captions for you. And overall, it's fairly accurate. There are a, a few inconsistencies that we've seen, but overall, I was pretty impressed with what I was seeing. Again, it's live captions only, but it might be something that people want to keep their eye on if they are wanting to make quick and dirty captions and you're able to just go and press play and run it through this for a while. I don't really know exactly how you extract this. I think you might be able to do like a control A, control C, control V sort of thing, uh, like to copy and paste. But uh, at the least, I thought it was worth a mention, especially because I know we do have some video folks who do check out this show. And if you do go to betterpodcasting.com, You'll see as I've been talking about this, I have had the captions on screen and I'd love to know what the live audience is thinking of the captions that they're seeing on screen, whether they think it's impressive, meh, or a failure. Let us know what you think in the chat room there. For me, I'm pretty impressed considering it cost me the low price of opening a browser window. Takes up a lot of screen space, though. I mean, I, I know... I think we'll be able to do something with it with the right tools. Um, I just I just made it show up in a quick and dirty manner. Uh, this is made by the same guy that has made OBS Ninja, which is a pet project, 
And he's done a ton of enhancements to OBS Ninja, even since we started doing it a couple months ago. So I'm pretty confident that that caption.ninja, if it's not a huge resource, uh, like uh, drawn resources, I have a feeling he's going to enhance it and it's going to be even more versatile. And there's a few suggestions that I think he could, e he could easily implement that would make it even easier for my use. So, and actually, to, to the because it's a browser window for video side of things, I think potentially I could probably use a plugin or two uh, in Chrome to make some changes myself. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention as well, since we're talking about this OBS Ninja service, is I came across that something that they've added to OBS Ninja that plays into what we mentioned before when we talked about OBS Ninja. OBS Ninja is largely meant for people who are wanting to create video. But we did mention when we reviewed OBS Ninja that there was a potential to use it as just an audio connection if you wanted to use it instead of like Skype or something like that. Well, it looks like there is uh, further enhancements coming in for uh, people who are not using video. And I'll just do a little demonstration here for the video viewers and then explain what this is. I'm going to go ahead and let Stargate Pioneer talk for a moment about whatever he'd like, and then we'll explain what you're seeing on the screen. If I wanted to use this, I would probably use this for something like the um, like an Instagram for an audio only. So I could use it there where I could see the waveform as I'm talking. I mean, I'd probably want some sort of logo for the podcast whether it's the actual podcast logo or another picture that depicts what's going on like an episode specific picture for the episode in the background but the waveform is pretty cool and i i do like it but you know if, if you're doing a video show it should be the video show if you're doing an audio show you'll need something like that to promote on the social media so if you didn't catch what it was it was a waveform, was all it was. It was a waveform as SP was talking. And I, I agree. I think there's a lot of enhancements that's needed for it. It's kind of dirty, but I thought it was worth a mention because it's showing that he's adding features in consideration of people who aren't using cameras. And again, this is a big pet project. So you need to know there's a whole bunch of risks that come when someone's doing like a pet project. And we've seen services that are paid come up and die and things like that. But it was interesting to me that he's making some changes to this considering people who aren't doing video. So I just thought that was worth a mention because we do have the majority of our audience not doing video shows. And so, you know, it's, I think, a good example that there is consideration happening for audio only. And I've been impressed with the connections that we've had on it, especially compared to Skype. So uh, I think that it's worth a, a look at if you're willing to get a little technical. So even if it's just for a, a little discussion, a little call. SP, mm -hmm. I wanted to mention something that came up in our Discord server here this past week. Okay. We, we had, actually it was today, the day we're recording this, we had yakko.org say, anyone else doing Napod Pomo? I resurrected mm. my solo show after being dormant since December 2018 to give it a shot again. Can you remind everybody what Napod Pomo is other than a mouthful. 
<laughs> basically, it is doing a podcast today for the entire month of November. We talked about it last year on the Better Podcasting Show, and we gave some tips and tricks on how to do it. We didn't really run into it too much into, into the run-up of November this year. I did consider it briefly for myself, and then I thought, I have way too much going on, and I'm behind on several things already. I don't want to add something else to it. Eventually, I will do it, probably a short three to five minute show every day. I think anything more than that would just get too cumbersome for me. I mean, if I could stack episodes prior to November, maybe, but I think the whole intent behind Nad Pop promo is to actually record and produce a show a day in November. And, and it can be done for a lot of different reasons. It could be done just to enhance your creativity. Uh, I know a lot of writers workshops start out by, okay, you know, write X number of words per day for a whole month, see where you get. So there, there's stuff like that, but it, it could legitimately be just to knock something out before the end of the year, because we're coming up on the end of the year. And if you're like, have a goal to do something before the end of the year, this would be a good way to do it. So there's lots of different reasons to do it, but basically it is a podcast, a day for the entire month of November. If you want to check this out on betterpodcasting.com, you can. Uh, it was episode 207, betterpodcasting.com slash 207. It was when we talked all about the concept of that. You know, for me personally, I mentioned last year, I was skeptical about the idea. Um, I was worried that it would burn out hobbyists. Just talking hobbyists, since we are mostly address hobby podcasters. I, I had... It's, I was very skeptical about whether this was a good idea or a bad idea. With overall what we've heard with people this year, in combination with seeing Napod Pomo last year cause some people to pod fade, I think it's, for most hobbyists, not a great idea to do this year, especially this year. I, I think that... If you are not already setting your life in a running your life in a manner where you're podcasting or creating a podcast every day, I think it's a way too big of an undertaking. And I think that it sounds cool, it sounds fun, but by the end of uh, by the end of the month, you'll have done yourself a disservice, especially this year. Uh, yeah, I I can go with that, and I can go with I can see where it could help a certain number of people for for no, most normal podcasters i would know i the amount of people that i was kind of shocked because there was a lot of people openly talking about it last year for a variety of different reasons some of which is because we were covering it uh, we covered it on an episode of better podcasting and i was kind of shocked at the amount of people that didn't make it and i just kind of assumed everybody actually made it all the way through the month but people were talking about it was so difficult and especially with American Thanksgiving thrown in there and Black Friday and Cyber Monday and stuff like that, that that last week of November, last two weeks in November, very difficult to do. So not everybody makes it through, but there are support groups for you if you want to make it through. And um, the, apparently there's several people doing it in the Better Podcasting uh, family. So you can get support for that and our Better Podcasting Discord, which you can find at betterpodcasting.com slash discord. Just to acknowledge some of those people, uh, Anthony from Capes on the Couch said he's do, uh, doing a short-form one-take video on YouTube. Uh, Yakko.org said, I'm limiting mine to single topic, 10 minutes long. 
And uh, Damien said, I forgot it was a thing. I actually planned to do it this year, last year. So I don't know. Uh, again, I, I don't know that I think that it's a wonderful idea. But hey, it's not my podcast. You're the podcaster making the podcast. You do the decisions that work for you. Uh, the next thing that I think we should talk about right now is your unsolicited email and not the one that came when I signed you up to that receding hairline group. But no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, so this came out of the blue and and I'm just going to um, read the email. It was sent to my Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Longbox Edition podcast, which Stephen... Can you remind me, when was the last episode of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Longbox Edition published? Do you happen to have that available anywhere? Because I'm pretty sure that it was 2017. I could be mistaken. Yes. I'm I'm pretty sure it was 2017. Like It was August 28th. 2017 was the Marvel Comics report for February 8, 2017. In this episode, Black Adam reviews Ms. Marvel 15 and Lab Rat Lauren reviews All New Wolverine number 17 and Inhumans vs. X-Men number 4. Check that out in the past. So you're, you're basically talking about a podcast that has pod faded. Yes, pod faded, but by the pod. true definition, which yes, the, one day there'll be a definition at podfade.com, one day. Right. Uh, I won't say the show is completely dead. I I'm, have every intention eventually at some point to bring it back, just not going to be right now. So there you go. Anyway, I got an email sent to that podcast, and I'm just going to read it here. I'm not going to say who sent it, but I'm just going to read it. So I'm an actor slash writer slash producer of a feature film out now called I would love to come on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Longbox Edition and discuss any topics you want. Is a typical is the typical romantic comedy where a slob meets a driven career woman and they swap bodies. Check it out on Rotten Tomatoes, Letterboxd, and IMDb for more information. Go to this Vimeo URL, which I'm not going to give. Click rent and apply code podcast to watch it. In 2020, played the 29th Woods Hole Film Festival, which is a legitimate film festival, by the way, and won Best Comedy Feature at the 53rd, 53rd, it's what it says, 53rd. Not 53rd, 53rd. World Best Houston, where was nominated for Best Actress and was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. It won Best Feature at Louisville's International Festival of Film, headed by Academy Governor Conrad Bachman, as well as the Oscar qualifying Peachtree International Film Festival. Thank you. And he gives his name. Oh. Uh, uh, Wow. Wow. I mean, great information here. I mean, there's all sorts of implications for that. And apparently it did pretty well. But whoever's doing the marketing for this, terrible. Terrible. This is the, like, I'm so glad you brought this up because, like, I know for sure 
I have ruined potential connections with different podcasters and different media creators because their emails have just read so... They have not lined up with the website that I've been running. And, and when I see that, I am very quick to dismiss it. In fact, we get emails all the time that are clearly spam. And we get some that are like very spammy, but like maybe there's something there that we actually might want to look into for a topic for this show here. And SP is always the one being having to be like, well, let's talk about it a little bit more because I'm quick to just be like, this is ridiculous delete. If you can't figure out what my show is or what my website is that you run, you don't deserve my time. And this one here is clearly just a, a massive, a mass marketing thing because they're not only mailing to a podcast that is pod faded, they're mailing to a podcast that would never, ever, ever have covered this to begin with because of the fact that that wasn't the core content. So it's just like you lose that credibility when you're doing things like this. And I have judged people before for sending spam and then later be coming back with something that's not spam. And I've been like, wait a minute, that name sounds familiar. Type that in my email. Oh yeah, they were the ones that just did poor spam. Delete. So like, I, I think that people really need to think before they do mass mails like this because I don't know. It looks bad, but I guess at the end of the day, they're just batting numbers. That's all they're doing here. I know. And if Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Longbox Edition, which is a podcast on Marvel comic books that come out every week, if that podcast was maybe about independent films, maybe I'd be interested. Maybe I'd be like, ooh, how did they pick us? But no, it was just a mass email out to everybody. And I don't know how they they went ahead and harvested the email addresses from this. Did they maybe they pick a, a, a subcategory of, of film off of uh, the Apple API or, or whatever, and they were able to get it? I don't know. But it, no, no. Sorry, dude. I'm not going to have you on my podcast because, first of all, the podcast is not currently in production. Second of all, it doesn't fit the content. So, yeah. And. um yeah, you might have heard something unusual in that. And if not, then uh, I chose not to bleep out their name. I might. We'll see how I feel rather okay. than giving them the recognition. We'll see how I feel in post. This is this is me talking to you, the listener, after the fact. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, let's talk about speaking of beeps and noises and things like that. Let's talk about the problem that you've been facing in recent that some of our live audience on this and the Gunna Geek show have witnessed. And I mentioned it briefly in last week's episode of Better Podcasting. I kind of teased it because I was like, I'm pretty sure we're going to come back to this at some point. What's going on in your, your podcast setup over there, SP? That's a great question. I don't know. So we're doing some troubleshooting here. I say we, I'm doing some troubleshooting here. I think Steven was about to jump through his screen a couple of times and be like, what is going on over there? So I've had some very distorted audio that's come out and I have heard it through my recording, which I monitor through my Zoom H6. So that's a very important to know, right? And then he's heard it from his end and Chris has heard it from his end. So I know it's coming out of my mixer into my PC and it's also coming out of my mixer and going to my Zoom H6 recorder. So it's kind of a bonus the way I have it set up is I was able to diagnose it to it either being 
it's something before basically it goes out from the mixer into the computer. So it could be anything from the microphone, the microphone cable, the uh, DBX286 that is attached to, or the Mackie Pro FX 16V2. So what I did is I created a trouble step process. So I was able to, to do some troubleshooting to find out where the distortion is coming from. So step one, since I have a 16 channel mixer, was simply to change the channel. Now there, maybe I could have started with a cord, put in a new cord, but I thought, well, I have to order it. And if it comes, cause I wanted to go to a higher quality cord just to make sure that that wasn't the issue. And I do have another cord that I could have thrown in there, but I was going to go to a higher quality cord. So I thought, let's just change the channel that it is on, on the mixer. And I think Steven is changing the channel on his TV and it's not really working the way he projects it to, to be working on my audio. So that was step one. It seems to be working tonight. Steven, have you heard any audio distortion at all from the time we connected to now? No. And I wanted to actually bring this up here for a second because I think actually, and you briefly mentioned it, the first, first diagnosing situation that you had was hearing the noise and who heard the noise. Because I think it's important that we actually look closer at where you are monitoring in your chain because you've got your microphone into your dbx 286 and then you have your dbx 286 into your mixer and then your mixer goes into your h6 and you listen through your h6 correct yes and, and i'm out through uh, specifically monsend one into mm -hmm. my h6 and the fact that you heard it and we heard it and we were basically connected through the usb on your mixer that tells us that it wasn't just the USB. Because if you didn't hear the noise and Chris and I had heard the noise, then potentially it was your computer or the mixer. But the fact that you're hearing it from the H6 is leaning towards it's something analog because of the fact that your connection that you're hearing on the H6 is essentially an analog chain the whole way to the H6. There is the mixer in between, but the way that it works, that soundboard, it's pretty much an analog connections going from your mic to the DBX to the DBX to the mixer, from the mixer to the H6 to your headphones. Yeah, I mean, one could argue that the DBX286S is a digital component. It's a digital processor, but yeah, for the large part, it's uh, analog uh, in the input output. I mean, mm -hmm. it's input via XLR and it goes out via TRS quarter yeah. inch jack into the, um, the insert in the channel, N not the insert, but the quarter inch input into the channel. So it was in channel two. I switched it to channel three. I haven't heard it yet. We'll see as we go forward. And if I've just isolated to that one channel, then it would be that one channel. The one thing that I didn't check before was to reseat the connections and give it a try. Again, because sometimes those connections get a, a, a little frayed over time or maybe uh, something's changed. Like I've had a lot of work done in the podcast studio because of the great wall, water, wall of water behind me that's uh, still getting fixed even today. I, I, don't get me started on how long that's taking. But the, um, the, the cord could have got jostled. So maybe try to just reseat the same cord. And by moving it from channel two 
to channel three, I inherently did that. So maybe I'll move it back just to make sure that it wasn't a, a cord seating issue. And I'll leave it on channel three for a week or two just to make sure that that's good. And then I'll move it back to channel two. And uh, if I hear it then, then I know that channel two at least is wrong, is bad. It could be more channels than that, but definitely channel two would be bad. And then uh, I can move it to channel three. Now, channel three normally is reserved for microphone two in the studio. I do have two DBXs. So the second DBX traditionally has been going into channel three. So I would be uh, changing that. So anyway, the first step was to do that, but I had gone further in my planning and I had thought about just getting the new cable. So that's the next thing down the list. The next thing, if needed, was to insert a new DBX-286S, which I'm very, very fortunate to have actually three DBX-286Ss in my studio. One is still new in the box. I have not used it for years, so I could go ahead and, and use that. And then the final step, if I was still hearing the issue, would be to replace the Mackie Pro FX16V2, which we have talked about before that I do want to go ahead and replace it and get another form of gear. It's just nothing is turning my handle right now uh, to, to be able to use in my studio right now. Like, like I said earlier in the show, the Rodecaster Pro right now is not the way I want to go. Rodecaster Pro V2 might be the way. If they redo the L12, maybe that would be something, or the L20, maybe that would be something. But right now, none of it works the same as what I have right now, because I have a bunch of different things that come into that mixer and just the way I use it, I need more capability than what the Roadcaster Pro or the L12 can give me right now. Well, I hope that you find the solution sooner than later because that's a frustrating thing. All right. Uh, you know, one of the things that can also be frustrating, there's a segue, uh, is when you got background noise. And in the past, we talked about a thing called RTX Voice. It's a utility that NVIDIA has made that you... It, it's basically meant to solve background noise in a live environment. That's the primary purpose. It's either solving uh, something that's coming into your computer, like your microphone input, or the output. So like if you're playing a Zoom meeting or something like that, and someone's got noise in the background, that sort of thing. But we've talked about how, if you have the time again for real-time playback, you can use this to, to help your podcast. And I've saved one of SP's podcasts by using the RTX voice. I, it was something that he had, a somebody that had a fan in the background. And so I was like, hey, let me give this a try. Let me run it through. And it was a significant difference between all the other tools that we had tried and RTX voice. It was night and day difference. But I had mentioned that if you didn't have the RTX video card series and you had a GTX only, you had to do a bit of a workaround during the install. Now, I don't know if the current install right now is broken or not, but just for S's and G's, you can look up what that means. Uh, I, I thought on the weekend I would try to reinstall it because I haven't installed it since I got my new computer. And I downloaded the utility and I installed it without any workaround. I just ran the install and it went. So I don't know if they've modified it and they've gone, okay, well, it obviously works better on RTX, but we know that there's certain levels of GTX video cards that'll work well on, and we'll just go ahead and let you install it. Or again, the install is broken. But I thought I would at least mention that because for me, 
There was no workaround needed. I just ran the install. And this is, a again, I, this is a great utility, I think, if you have very troubling audio. And if you want to see the whole comparison we did, you can check that out at betterpodcasting.com. If you click on videos in the top right corner, you can scroll through and a couple lines down, you'll see my NVIDIA RTX voice test where I did a bunch of different tests with a bunch of background noise. I, I really do think that this could save somebody's podcast in very, very bad recording environments. Uh, SP, I know you had something else you wanted to mention as well, actually. So I'll turn it over to you here. Okay. So we had some comments on our Discord about our last episode of regular better podcasting. And one of the things we talked about in the download section was the new podcast tags that are being adapted by some RSS feeds, but not all of them out there. And one of them is the podcast lock tag. And that's been put in specifically to protect your podcast from being uh, repurposed in other places. I don't know exactly how it works. I should have had time to, to look into that in the last week or so. But Damien spoke up and he said, I think you guys are the first I've heard of the podcast lock tags. And this could be because some of the other podcasts about podcasting out there are affiliated with actual media hosts or RSS providers that uh, have not adopted it yet. So they just probably haven't talked about it and they might not ever actually implemented. I don't know, but uh, we talked about it because it was something that a lot of people were concerned about, about pirated shows on, on other platforms uh, like Anchor. Um, one of the podcasts I've learned that has gotten pirated quite a bit has been the uh, Joe Rogan experience. And for those of you who might not know, Joe Rogan experience went exclusive to Spotify. So all of a sudden the RSS feed isn't out there or whatever. Well, people have been capturing that audio, downloading it somehow, and then throwing it on Anchor and throwing it out there for everybody. Or I, maybe not just Anchor, maybe, maybe uh, I, I don't know if it's been used elsewhere or not, but definitely I've heard of Anchor. So supposedly using the podcast lock tag will prevent that. Now here's the rub. And I don't, I don't, again, I don't know the technicalities of everything. If the Joe Rogan experience is no longer an RSS fed podcast, would the podcast lock tag work on it? I don't know. So a lot that we don't know out there, uh, but I'm interested to learn more eventually. It's not like I'm worried about pirating legends of shield or better podcasting or anything. Legends of Shield Long Box Edition. I am worried about that getting pirated yeah. because obviously somebody thinks it's a, a, a an ongoing show. I think you hit it on the head. I have reservations about this whole lock tag. I think that it's... I think it sounds cool, but you nailed it. People are downloading it, Joe Rogan, and uploading it. Like The lock tag does nothing for that. Piracy, people who want to pirate always find a way to circumvent these copyright protection uh, methods. You've seen it in movies and TV for years and years and years. It doesn't matter what they create. Someone finds a way around it. It's just the way it works. And so I guess, I don't know, with the RSS feed being such a open concept, like it's not like there's 
certain key regulatory bodies like there are with domains and things like that. I think that the lock tag just is going to be like an honor system type thing. And, and some will kind of pick it, will be okay with it and like respect it. And, and others will just be like, okay, I'm not going to bother. Who cares? It's causing an extra problem for my clients. I'll just ignore that. And then there's the other people who will willingly ignore the lock tag because they know they can get some money out of it. So I don't know. I just don't. I, I think that it's a bunch of nothing. Uh, the lock tag myself. It's an interesting first attempt, if anything else. And also, Damien also put in our Discord uh, since we were talking about uh, just you know people taking care of their shows, right? So Damien was talking about editing a show, and he said something I did not expect to get in the way of my podcast editing. I actually care about football now, and I cannot edit our show and listen to the game at the same time. Now. I, I need to, because we're a world, worldwide show, I need to say American football, not soccer. Exactly. Uh, but, but um, uh, yeah, I don't really care about football, but I, I was wondering why he cared about football. And it's because the team that he cares about is actually doing good this year. No, so, that's okay. not the case. Uh, I'm not. Oh, a, that's what he said. Oh, he didn't. He's he, yeah, he, he did. got defensive and he said for the record that because he's a Seahawks fan, he said for the re- record they've done well the last few years. That's not why actually at all. He said, in fact, his exact words were as I quickly pull it up because I didn't think SP was going to go there. So I specifically didn't put it in to our notes. And now I'm quickly trying to pull it up. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. It basically, he he said he's, he's okay. You go ahead. You continue. Sorry. Yeah, well, ba- basically, he's saying he's being distracted by something else, which as hobby podcasters, we say you should have other interests outside of, of podcasting, and he can't edit the show, so it's impacting his edit time. And we talk about time management all the time. Which is why I wanted to bring it in, because his exact words were, quote, hey, the Hawks have been playoff, if not Super Bowl contenders for the last like four years, but I think the biggest change is that until last year, I was on nights. So I handled the editing at night mostly. I actually don't remember how the editing balance worked this time for me last year, end quote. And so this wasn't so much about football. It was about the fact that he did have another interest and his schedule basically clash. And that was exactly the point that I actually wanted to bring up when we when I put this in the document here was that I do think that people need to allow themselves to have other hobbies because you are doing podcasting for fun. And if you don't have other hobbies or other interests, then it just becomes work. I've closed podcasts many times because they become work and it's not fun as a hobby podcaster. So I think that this is great. I think that it's great that you're challenged. And I think that you will find a great solution to this problem, Damien. I know you and I'm pretty confident that you will. And you know what? Football is a limited thing right now. Who knows how long it'll continue? If you have a it's late, fair. if you have a late week, you know, here and there over the next little bit, don't make a habit of it. Your audience won't kill you. I've got people in my office who are fervent fantasy football. They're not podcasters, but they're fervent football watchers because of fantasy football and because they like it, whatever. And and they have all mentioned that they have stayed up late watching some games that they normally wouldn't have just because it's something to do and they they enjoy it. So even non-podcasters are finding it as well. By the way, if you go to our live chat, which you can find at 
geeks.live. That's www.geeks.live. You can go ahead and ask us a question. And we had James Clark ask us a very interesting question. I don't think we've talked about this before. I don't think I've thought about this much before, but he asks, what's the worst mistake you ever made? And I'm going to limit to podcasting because we're a show about podcasting. So what is the worst mistake, Stephen, you ever made in podcasting? Other than podcasting with me. Yeah. We'll just crash, scratch that one off. <laughs> no, that's, that's far, far down the list. Um, I, okay, this would take a lot of thought and I, I'm not going to stand behind this answer 100%, but I will say off the top of my head, my biggest mistake. Okay, I'm going to say it and I'll argue why there was some good that came out of it was sticking with a podcast that I didn't like some of the buy-in that some of the hosts had, some of the back-channel friction that was there, and some of the ways that certain situations were being handled. I, I thought that the podcast had a lot of potential, and so I stuck through it for that, and just because it was like almost a loyalty thing, and in retrospect, I think I could have put that time to a lot better things. And I think that I associated myself in a situation that I didn't want to be associated with. And there were some things that I just wish that I never, like I just ended and moved on from. So I think when I look at it, that would probably be one of the biggest mistakes. Now, where I say, sometimes you can look at the silver linings. I don't know that the Gunna Geek show and the Gunna Geek network for that matter would have come up if I hadn't stuck it out. Because I think if I had jumped off when I probably should have jumped off, I might not have made the connections with people like Chris Farrell, um, perhaps not as much with uh, people like, maybe not even people like, uh, we've talked about him before a few times, a guy named Nightwing, which indirectly introduced me to SP. Um, and you know, just some things like that. And so I don't know if I was like, yeah, if I had the time machine, you know, and you do the whole fork in the road, you know, what would have happened? What would the butterfly effect, whatever you want to say, you know, the alternate 1985 on the diagram, I think potentially this wouldn't exist if, if that was the case. I don't know that if I was to map it out, if I would have actually ever gotten involved with gotten involved with Stargate Pioneer if I had jumped off of that show because of the connections that I built towards the tail end of that show. <laughs> and which the, the, the like, if you look at the history of Gunna Geek, Gunna Geek came out of a project of mine because I had other interests I wanted to do. And so, um, I don't know, that could have been possibly spurred or stirred, spurred because of how I was feeling at the time. So I think potentially there was some good that came out of it, but I think that's probably the biggest mistake. I'm, I know that's a long-winded, vague rant slash scenario. That's an interesting... So I had a couple of things to say until you said that, so I want to address that. Uh, that's an interesting statement that you made if you don't think you would have met me had you left that. Um, because there was another channel which we could have met through, i.e. your brother, 
Potentially, potentially. But, you know, like I'm doing the whole, mar- like I said, the whole you draw out the alternate 1985 line. And, right. And would the events have led to it? Right. That's that, that's that's very, that's very interesting. I, I, maybe. But that's oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Sorry. Throw that uh, one out there. <laughs> no, no, that that's nice and deep there. And, and yeah. So I have talked about it before on Better Podcasting, but I, too, have had co-host issues on uh, another show not related to Steven whatsoever. It was my own show. I had my own things going on in it. And uh, I understand where Steven is coming from on that saying it could have been the worst mistake that he made because of, uh, of the other things that came about of it. So I, I will completely grant you that that is not what I'm thinking of, of my biggest mistake. My biggest mistake was on voice, just in podcasting, just for, from a, uh, a tactical thing and and somewhat strategic voices of defiance for those that don't know i did it, it was a sci-fi podcast it was specifically on the sci-fi show defiance and the subsequent video game which is now morphed into defiance 2050 and so we had a podcast on it me and two co-hosts no issues with the co-hosts uh, still friends to it. matter of fact i was just messaging them in the past couple of weeks on on another issue which i actually should bring up on this show one of the things that we did is we went ahead and interviewed the uh, the producer, the showrunner of Defiance. And if you're podcasting on a show, other than the stars of the show, which are very big names, which we did interview quite a few stars of Defiance on Voices of Defiance, the biggest get that you really can get for um, a, a review podcast or an after show podcast is the showrunner, the producer, because they're going to have all the answers to like the story ins and outs that you're that you are discussing on a weekly basis. So we were set to interview him and I had this great idea. I had just like upgraded my equipment or whatever, and I had this great idea that I could do a Skyposaurus and I could actually bring people through mix minuses on my older mixer, which was the Behringer uh, 1622. I could bring people back in and out and actually do a video stream show, not the way we do better podcasting, not the way we do going to geek. It was uh, a, a multiple Skype show uh, that we were would be able to see each other. And I made the mistake of not ever having doing that before and setting it up like hours before and, and everything was working by the way setting it up hours before the uh interview my default was just to do the normal connection that we normally do normally do and that was no big deal but i decided to be fancy about it and it didn't work i i couldn't figure out why it couldn't work but i spent way too much time and it was just like 5 or 10 minutes but i spent way too much time dealing with that and it gave off the the aura that it was not professional i mean i'm talking about the showrunner of of a show on tv it gave off the 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 appearance that it wasn't professional and uh i I think it off put him a little bit and once we got going everything was fine and it was a phenomenal interview but if i had any biggest mistake in podcasting it would have been that five or ten minutes of trying something new right before the biggest interview that I had ever done up to that point. Yeah, I could see why that would stick in your mind there. Yeah. Yeah. 
A great question. I appreciate that. And, you know, like I said, I, I'm not going to stand behind that as being my biggest mistake. We're thinking of that over, you know, um, on the fly here. We very well could go and reflect on both of those and go, you know what? There was actually something worse. So potentially that could be a whole other set of things, or maybe it would be a ranking of mistakes and there could be categories and like, what's your biggest technical mistake? What's what's your biggest overall podcast like you know like individual series like a podcast uh or what's what's your biggest mistake internationally co-hosting with another canadian i mean with a canadian versus america i don't know anyways that was my attempt to do a little humor there but uh yeah. seriously i think it's a wonderful question and thank you very much and if you'd like to chat with us whether we're doing this show or better podcasting proper please tuesdays 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m. Eastern. We are usually live at geeks.live. And if you want to check out some of the other awesome content on the Gunna Geek Network, you can check that out at gunnageeknetwork.com. We do have several, several shows, several, several shows that do stream live. And maybe there will be more at some point. But check that out at geeks.live. And hey, come to our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. And it looks like as we're about to walk this out, we got one last question, which comes from Aldi's good coper. I'll turn it over to resident reader to read this out. What do you think of people like Logan Paul starting a podcast called Impulsive? A lot of famous vloggers and stuff are starting podcasts, which are not the best. What is your opinion on that? Actually, we talked about this quite extensively earlier this year with everybody uh, these professional, um, uh, mostly TV shows that were forced to start recording from home. And we were both appalled by the lack of production and audio quality that was coming from these people's homes, whereas podcasters and a lot of streamers had had that fixed uh, quite a bit before. But Logan Paul, he's a celebrity. Other celebrities have done it. Some have been successful, some not. Ultimately, it depends on if their fandom are into hanging on every word they say, no matter what, or if they do some production. I'll, I'll give you an example on somebody that's doing some minor production, Brie Larson. So she plays Captain Marvel. She's done a bunch of different film roles throughout the year. She started a YouTube channel, which is not a podcast, but she started a YouTube channel and it's actually pretty entertaining and there is a purpose to each episode and it's a story that's being told as you go through she's not doing an instructional podcast or, or vlog or, or youtube channel or whatever so it can be captivating no matter what you think of Breed larson it's it's a well-done production but if you get somebody else like logan paul and i haven't heard a show but if you get somebody else that is just talking to talk and the production value isn't there and they're fandom doesn't get into it then it's it's just not going to uh do well so what are my thoughts on it if it's somebody that i'm interested in and they're talking about something that i'm interested i'll listen but if it's somebody that i'm not interested in and something that i'm not interested in talking and listening to i have better things to do with my time i'll go out on a limb and i'll base it off of one of the main purposes of this show i'll go ahead and say i'm cool with it and that i i think that it's it's fine and it's great almost because they are trying a new medium for their audience. And some okay. of these will translate and some of them won't. And the right. whole purpose of better podcasting is helping hobby podcasters grow their podcast. That means that in theory, 
if we are succeeding, you, our demographic here, will look back at your episodes and see a lot of regrets. And you will go, hey, I wish that I had done things differently. And you will grow. And so I should, like, I think reasonably we should allow these people the benefit of the doubt that they will either grow if their audience mandates it or they'll stop. And yeah. their audience will either go, this is terrible. It's not meant for a podcast. I'm not going to listen. Or their audience will go, okay, this needs some improvement and they'll grow. Or they'll go, their audience will go, you know what? I don't care for this content, this purpose, don't care about how it sounds. And so I guess I just like, I, I think that a lot of these people who are jumping in will probably improve with time. I can't think of it off the top of my head. It's a great question because I just saw a YouTuber that I follow this past weekend and they mentioned starting a podcast and I don't remember, I don't remember who it was, but I went, that's interesting that them, because they had a very raw show and I'm like, that's interesting that they're going to try to do a podcast. But they they had mentioned a couple things about pumping the brakes and, and just sort of, you know, getting the format together, together and things like that. And I thought, okay, that's good. They're recognizing that there's a bit of a difference. So I think that it's totally fine. And I think that these people should be allowed an opportunity to be able to grow. I think though it is worth judging though, to a degree, and people should be vocal with their opinions if they think that it sucks in, in the current form and they should provide that feedback to them. Like how, when all of those broadcasters went and worked at home and we said, your production value sucks, you are going from a huge production value show to being at home. And there are podcasters that are doing this for a hundred dollars worth of equipment better than you have done it. And I, and those people should have heard that. And a lot of those productions did improve with time. In fact, um, <clears throat> I might be citing this wrong. Seth Myers, uh, he, he was one that I think as they started to transition back to the studio, he gave actually a special shout out to a YouTuber who created a video and said, hey, you people that are professionals, here are like five tips of why you suck and what you can do easily to be better. And, and so I think it was Seth Myers acknowledged that they heard that feedback and improved as such. And so hopefully these people who might not be putting out good podcasts will improve with time. So I don't know. That's sort of my thoughts on it. And uh, it's a crowded space. And if they want to try, they can try. Um, but I think that it is something that anytime you see a big name coming into podcasting, us individuals, us hobbyists need to be aware that they've got a bigger name. And if they kind of tread in the same territory that you do, you're going to have to think about, is your audience going to pull, be pulled towards that bigger name or, you know, are they going to overshadow you? I don't know. So I, I think it's interesting myself. Great question. Yeah, it's a great question. It's an interesting way to think about it. Absolutely. So for episode 20 of Better Podcasting Live Chats, I'm Stephen John Drew saying, hey, I am Canadian. I'll mention it again. I'm SP. I hope you're having a great time. If you have any questions about podcasting, come to our Discord at goodnegeek.com slash Discord. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. 
This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.